comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Romance going on. We had uh, the return of a giant, goril- giant telepathic gorilla. Um, live when goth. It's been it's been quite a week, and uh, here to here to help me uh, sort through all five episodes of a brand new DC TV, and plus all the news and everything else that goes along with it. We've got Gorilla Grodd's Banana Wrangler, Mister Daryl Taylor, Dig Oliver. <laughs> yeah, what a bromance. And we also have Windshot's life coach. Richard, the chub toad children. Help me, zombie one Kenobi. You're Listen. my only hope. They ain't got no zombies in that movie. What you be talking about? Yeah, Blaine, Blaine asking Liv for help was pretty funny this week. That was good. I know. That for sure. But yeah, I mean, I know all the buzz this week is about Jessica Jones, and rightfully so, because it's a great show. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of great shows on DC, on the DC side this week as well. Um, so we might as well just dive right in. Now, Supergirl was a little different this week because... Um, of what happened uh, in Paris uh, last week, of course, we all know about, um, because the subject matter of the episode mm-hmm. was about a bombing and terrorists. They decided to uh, skip that episode and switch it out with next week's episode. Right. So we actually got the Thanksgiving episode of Supergirl this week um, instead of next week, and and um, because because of what happened in Paris, and I mean that's under, totally understandable. No, it's not totally. It is totally it's, understandable, but you definitely see the difference between CBS and Fox because they sure didn't shy away from a violent Gotham on Monday. I don't think they should. Well, you know, it's 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 it wasn't always, that kind of situation. It was right, it, right, right. The storyline right. was fairly similar. Or there was, right. there were situations in the storyline. I haven't seen the episodes. So I don't know for sure, but um, just very um, you know, similar to what happened. I read the official synopsis, and it's based. Somebody had put bombs all over Gotham, and Supergirl basically, you know, has to run around and stop them before they go off. That's what right. they go through. So I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, hey man, oh, I totally I get it. it. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah. That's such a and, tough thing that happened over there. I mean, it just totally makes sense. And it is going to confuse a few. There are a few things in the, in the episode that will confuse people. Well, though, I think, blended. Huh? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that that was uh, would have been uh, confusing or seemed out of place, at least to me anyway, was the Lucy Lane and Jimmy Olsen stuff. That's because, what I was going to say. Because that... we didn't get connective stuff from last week. Also, that also... didn't really bother me so much because we already had the she had shown up. So, you know, you just have that assumption of, okay, they're working through the relationship. So that's why I... It, it didn't really phase me much. But also, there's a change with um, with Cat. Yeah. If you notice. Yeah. 
they're like the the change of her um basically saying we need to put some happiness into the like there's a change from how she was the last episode we saw her in and 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 how we see her in this one well yeah in terms of her demeanor like this is when i know that i had said um i think of her the way she's portrayed i think of her james jonah jameson from spider-man and people were telling me no she's not she's not like that they don't see her that way i don't think so i but but i see a little bit of that in her though no, no. What I what for for Supergirl, she's playing that role. I said that, but I think that this episode reinforces what I was feeling about it because she really, really seemed in this episode to be channeling the James, whoever wrote it, with channeling the the James Jonah Jameson type of um, mentality. Well, the, but other the thing- difference is, but the only difference is she doesn't hate Supergirl. <laughs> JJ hates Supergirl. That that's the difference. Her thing is she she just wants Supergirl to be better, and right. she wants to uh, to use Supergirl to sell papers. Right, and she wants to. And I mean, it's obvious JJ she has the same thing. Is, right, exactly. Right, but I mean, she it's obvious she has this you know rivalry with the Daily Planet in her mind. Yeah. Right. If, right, if nowhere else. So of course she wants to. You know, the Daily Planet has Superman. Mm-hmm. She wants her paper to have Supergirl. Right. You know, so, right. So she can, and this is definitely a level up in her character development that she much needed out of every, everyone on the show. <clears throat> well, that's one of the things that I think we that the of the connective tissue we missed too, because one of the things that that I felt was a little rushed in this episode, but I bet I bet it wasn't planned that way. Was you know um, Leslie Willis showing up? You know it just went from this one broadcast to boom, she's in trouble, and you know the whole storyline. So I'm wondering if the missing episode there was a lot more setup, like introduction of Leslie Willis, or at least more background of this shock jock saying all this crap about Supergirl, because you know it just kind of boom one broadcast, and then she's in trouble, and then she's gone, and you know. Right. Which so, I love. Well, let's get into it. I don't know. We're we're stuck. Yeah. 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 Well, we got you know the whole thing of like mothers and daughters kind of plays out in a couple ways in this episode. First oh, off, yeah. uh, we see Karen and Alex welcoming their mother, mm-hmm. Helen Slater, Eliza Danvers, PhD. It's it's funny because Alex is totally freaking out, and I guess um, Eliza's always been uh, very hard on Alex. Oh, is she? And it's <laughs> dang mom, and um. I don't know. She's uh, Alex is really freaked out that her mom, their mom is gonna be mad that you know she's been out being Supergirl. But then when uh, when Eliza arrives, everything is cool. She sees Karen in her uniform and she says she's been doing a great job. She actually supports what Karen's been doing. So, right. but it's obvious the dynamic here is that um, Eliza is like uh, very much uh, uh, been hard on Alex and Alex only you know wants to please her mom or whatever. Am I not remembering or? Did we miss? Because I didn't realize that uh, hurt that Mister Danvers, Doctor Danvers, was was dead. Did we just learn that this episode, or had that already been implied before? Because I didn't remember that. You know what? To be honest, I don't remember them mentioning him again. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. the only real like even reference there is to him is in the opening uh, sequence That's, or whatever. Where right. They, they just kind of right. showed him and Helen Slater like welcoming young Kara. You know. Yeah. So, um, no, so I think that's when you know they're pretty much you know they've kind of launched that. Um, Kara goes to work and she arrives and she's had, she's cat meeting with Leslie Willis, 
who will become Livewire. Um, mm-hmm. A character created in the co- in the cartoon, by the way. Oh yeah, same yeah. way. Much Tom like was just about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And introduced into Action Comics by Gail Simone. Cat's telling Leslie to stop uh, going on anti-Supergirl tirades and insult her body. Well, can we get into that too? Sure. Um, I think that a lot of I think that they just pulled that from the internet. Like a lot of the comments that she made. Yeah, there was, funny. there was kind of like the internet troll voice there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I like that though. I, I think it, it it was it was cool to to pull that out just to say it because sometimes people put things online. You're like, what the hell were they thinking? Because they don't read it, they just put it up there because they're in their moment of not liking something and they want to. Now, Daryl, we all know the internet is sunshine and roses. Don't don't <laughs> don't don't. don't. But it was Sam. something to hear someone actually say exactly those things that were, you know, that people wrote on the internet, and I, which I've seen too on Twitter and stuff like that. I've seen some of these comments, so I like I like to see that. It was interesting too that like Kat, I mean, it, it seemed like it would be okay if she, you know, criticized what Supergirl was doing or her performance mm-hmm. or something, but she was specifically down on her for for um, body image stuff, you know, insulting yeah. her body and and, and stuff. Totally. I think that's something people wouldn't even think about for the most part. But that's but the, for women, that is a constant thing. Like I like right. we don't care about it, but that is a constant thing we, that women have to hear all the time. A fat dude could go out and I'm fat and 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 we can do a show or a TV show or whatever. And he's grizzled. He looks like the character in the comic book or, you know, like it's not a big deal. But. A woman goes out there and plays a character. The first thing they think about is, oh, that she's the she's the overweight woman on the show. Like she gets no development. Like that's what she's labeled as. I mean, and and to have to hear even some of these people, some of these actors, like you, you see an actor be. I don't even think she's big, but you see an actor be maybe twenty pounds over what supposedly is the TV norm. And dudes just, even though the women get up there and they're like, oh, she got fat or she got, you know, like, it's just, it is crazy sometimes how quick people are to say stuff like that. Well, that's why I like the actresses and comedians like um, Amy Schumer and whatnot that, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. You know, because the thing is, is, and and I learned this from my involvement with women's roller, flat track roller derby for so many years, and that Mm -hmm. is that. Women come in all shapes and sizes, but they're all beautiful. And people just got to stop fat shaming and all this other nonsense. But I like the comments that were, like she said, she's like, yeah, you can get on her for, for being, right. for making mistakes and causing problems, you know, doing those type of things. But stay with that. But if you're going right. to go on the, on the, what she wears, uh, uh, like that's old, that, that's tired, it's old, it, it's not necessary. And that's just not what the company that I want to run. Exactly. Um, so Leslie gets demoted to reporting traffic from the cat copter. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I kind of expected Selena Kyle to show up. With I'm saying, <laughs> I, I couldn't help it. You can't, yeah. Yeah. you can't help it. Yeah. Um, Alice and Kara have a good moment when they go get out some uh, takeout dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kara tells you know, Alex that she should be honest and tell her mom what she does for a living, but it's illegal for Alex to do that. Um, as they're leaving the restaurant, uh, Leslie's helicopter flies overhead and is struck by lightning. Uh, Kara goes off to help, 
um, while getting Leslie out of the helicopter, Supergirl gets struck by lightning and it passes through her and shocks Leslie. And then it puts Leslie in a coma. Um, we start to see the tension between uh, Alex and their mother. There's a fight between the two of them. Because mm-hmm. you know your mother. That's a, that's a scene where uh, you can see someone who knows that, who have yep. those issues with parents. Because she kept saying that to her sister. Like, your mom's going to come at me. She's going to come at me. You just don't know. And she's like, no, no, no. She's mom is great about this. And when it came, like you felt the pain when it came, when she finally turned yeah. and was like, why did you let this happen? They have uh, dinner and they invite Wynn, uh, who's been orphaned uh, mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, we find out that his dad is in prison. Yeah. Uh, and his last name is Shot. Mm-hmm. So astute comic fans may be able to connect some dots there. Yeah. Uh, as to who his father may be. Yeah. I'm not going to say now. Kara gets an annoyingly cute call from James. Damn. <laughs> you ain't never getting out of that zone when James is around, boy. Well, it's so funny because you see uh, her putting Wynn in, in friend zone and all the stuff that, you know, the things she says and everything to Wynn, then she gets it right back from James. It's it's kind of funny to watch this circle of the friend no, zone. No, but James' circle of friend zone is like he, he is like, I want to have all the women in love with me. Like, did well, James just did that that whole... Hey, baby, how you doing? I was thinking about you. I'm thinking about Kara. How are you? <laughs> I was like, you mother... If I was... I'd have been like, you mother... You, you can't hate the player. Hate the game. Ain't nobody else you can hate. He got thrown to the side. Couldn't even finish the speech. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, tensions between Alex and, and um, her mom come to a head. And uh, Alex storms out. Uh, Kara is about to stand up for her sister, but then gets called into the office because, of course, Cat Grant has an emergency at, at uh, her job on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, Leslie stumbles out of the hospital and discovers her electricity power. Um, she can turn herself into electricity and enter in the electrical system and, of course, becomes evil immediately. Rapey town, I tell you. Every I, these superhero towns are very rapey. I don't know. <laughs> like as soon as a woman, a pretty woman, comes out of a, I mean, I didn't. I know. I I'm not. Uh, yeah, no, because that reminds me of that scene in Arrow this week too. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. With that with that dude Alex, right? He goes to the bathroom, yeah. and immediately there's a dude up there. Oh, come on, you know. I know you say no. It means yeah. yes. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to diminish that because wow, I is this know like a rape training video. Where did I'm this guy saying, come like, <laughs> I know that women go through this constantly to a point where it's ridiculous. Like I know that. I do. I do get it. But as a dude, when you start to notice. On TV, it's like, dang! Can she just walk down a block first before the the creep, the rapey creep, just comes flying out of nowhere? It's like he ran into her, like for that one. Like, sheesh! Let them live. The um, live wire comes and attacks Cat. Her and Supergirl fight. Supergirl uses her heat vision on her, but Cat or um, uh, live wire just kind of uh, absorbs it. Totally absorbs it. Uh, after the attack, uh, Hank Kenshaw shows up. He's processing the scene. Uh, Kat sends Kara home because it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, Kara lies and says her parents died in a fire when she was 13. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of true. Actually, it wasn't a lie. Planet blowing yeah. up. Fire. Yeah, big fire. Yeah, it's yeah. a very big fire. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, like you're saying, we get more development with Cat as an as a character this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love like when the two of them are running from live when you know. Uh, I just got the whole, you know, classic adventures of Superman from the 50s vibe of, you know, Clark trying to get away from Jimmy or Perry or Lois, you know, so that he could can turn into Superman. It was just kind of a cool little scene there. It just made me think of that. Yeah. We, uh, Kat decides to reach out to Supergirl and offer, offer herself up as bait to lure out Livewire. I don't know, like, it kind of softened her a little bit, you know, she's willing to, like, put herself I out like, there. Yeah, I like that she did, I like that oh, she yeah. is yep. a jerk, she is a, she can be a jerk and fire people in a heartbeat and all that kind of stuff, but I did like that she uh, basically was like, but people working under her are not gonna, like, she, she didn't sacrifice anybody working under her, she's not that dude. You know, like, right. uh, it, which is funny because that's the same thing with Maxwell Lord as well. Where right. even though I don't care if you work or not, you can go poor or whatever. I don't give a damn. But I'm not going to let you be killed by a, you know, if I can get in front of a bullet, I will. You know, for people, for my employees. The, um, what, the uh, whole city is going through a blackout. We get a moment with Alex and Eliza. Alex asks her why she's been so hard on her. And Eliza says because... Uh, she pushed her daughter because she wanted her daughter to be better than she was. Um, this gets interrupted by Hank, mm-hmm. who calls Alex into the office to help him uh, retrofit a device to capture live wire. My question was this: in the other episode, where um, where you know Hank Henshaw was like, "Oh, that's not an alien. That's not an RPB right. or whatever." There's a change. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely a change here because live wire is not an alien. And they even put it in a, a thing of uh, this is the first uh, human we have to imprison and. Right. So I, w- I don't know if that's something that happened in the last episode either. Like if that's in the status of what they do. Cat lures out live bar by saying, tell you on a meter where it all began, which is the old radio studio that it started out in. Right. A live wire shows up and uh, she starts to try to kill Cat. Supergirl tries to use the dingus that uh, Hank gave her to use on live wire, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen instead uses uh, some uh, underground, underground water pipe to short circuit her. Um, and take her out. Which is cool. They always have the dingus that doesn't work. Yeah. That was a cool scene, too, though, when it she was. pulls the pipe out of the ground. Yeah, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, it was. Again, very classic Superman-type thing to do. Yep. Yeah. yep. Um, next day at work, Kara brings in leftovers for Wynn. And, oh, and I'm sorry, this is where we find out that his father is in prison. And this is why he's not in uh, yeah. the holidays. Right. Uh, he kisses Kara on the cheek. Right. But then it's real quickly because James and Lucy are back from their trip. Well, she had that, oh, why'd you do that? Look. Yeah, yeah, that was hmm. a little slightly awkward. Yeah. You know, Cat's encounter with Livewire has given her a, a little bit of a change of heart. Before Eliza leaves, she drops a big story bomb, a truth bomb on her, on her girls. Uh, she knows about the DEO. Yeah. And their dad used to work for them. Mm-hmm. And we see a flashback. Of about a time right after Kara got there, you, know, you see Kara and Alex sneak out of the house uh, to go on a nighttime flight, and Eliza and Jeremiah are very upset. Good scene. Yeah, they uh, they scold the girls. Hank Henshaw shows up to take Kara away. Evil. Because Superman doesn't want to work with them. All right. Um, so they want to study her. Um, Jeremiah agrees to work with the DEO, 
He's done all his Superman research if Hank leaves Kara alone. Um, after the flashback, Eliza reveals that she suspects that their their dad died because of his work with the DEO. Mm-hmm. And they're a little suspicious of Hank now. Which is oh, good, because his eyes keep glowing. I'm saying. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of suspicious in itself. Well, I was kind of think I, I was kind of thinking. Well, I think I mentioned it last week about you know I wonder if he's Martian Manhunter or whatever. But now I'm kind of thinking not. So well, I mean, in the comics, Hank Henshaw is Cyborg Superman, right? right. So it could be some sort of cyborg construct. And he might not be the same Hank from the past that he is now. No, that's like we true. Don't, we don't know that he could be replaced. True. By yeah, it could be the whole Eobard Thon thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if it is Martian Manhunter, you know, maybe at some point, you know, Hank Henshaw discovered Martian Manhunter, Martian right. Manhunter took him out and then took his place. Right. Or if he's not bad, he died. When he came into Earth, he died. And, you know, he decided to take his place. Right. Because of it. You know, like maybe a Martian, he hunted a Martian uh, criminal and the criminal killed him. Could be a lot of things. Yeah, guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> and I love, I like that it's not one of those things you can easily guess. Right. This is right. not a easily. Uh, you, you can't just say it's just one thing. Yeah, we haven't seen the Kryptonians for a while either. They're still no. around out there, so which is good. You don't want too much of that. No, no, that'll be good for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So, Supergirl live wire. Only thing I did like the the thing that was too much. It was funny because the cat stories were were I liked those better than I did the mother with her daughter story. I don't I, the way that she treated um, Alex was just a little bit too much. Uh, it, it was just over overkill. It didn't seem like there was a good enough reason for her exactly to act that way to her. Like well, she, I, wonder, I was wondering we missed if something. Better. Hmm? Maybe we did, but I don't know that. I don't Maybe know. we did. I don't know. But like to be that hard on her sister yeah. like that, to be hard like, on Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't seem like there was enough justification there for her to be that hard on her. If Alex oh. was like a roadie for a band or something, where it was totally different from what her mother does, or or she didn't go to college, she didn't finish college, something where it was like that was her disappointment. I could I could understand her being like that, but for all these things to happen, like there's nothing Alex is doing that should disappoint her that much that she's jumping on right. the way that do she Do either one of you have brothers or sisters? I don't, but I Jeff do. Does. I have two sisters. Are you the oldest, youngest? I'm the oldest. Uh, so, well, I don't know how, how it was. Cause I mean, of course it wasn't the, this level but that's know, what i'm saying I mean, the level i have three happened. i have three younger sisters and it was always you know you need to set a better example for your mm-hmm. sisters and you know you, you know th- it was always you know no that's valid something about the level no i get that it's just it's like, just like the level of it right what daryl's saying and i agree is the the, the severity the, le- the level of it you know like how much you know it, it seemed like it was a bit much considering her motivation for it when but also out. part of that too is who knows what all she dealt with after uh, the DEO got involved with her husband and everything else. You know, I mean, it, it could have but made I, her very paranoid about stuff, and especially with you know. What I think that was weaker, though. What I think that they probably in the writing that they probably should have put something in that is 
if she had her mother had been nicer to her and then she revealed that she worked for the DEO and then she started treating her like that, then do the call back and say, you know, this is what happened to the father. I can understand that. But but she was acting like this way before. Right. She was acting like that from jump. Yeah, so that was a little, little too much. But you're gonna see her freaking out when she found out Alex worked for the DEO, right? Being mad about that because that the DEO was involved in her father's death, right? But but it was just a little was, too much. Yeah. Alex is not, you know, like I. It was too. It was a little bit to, to protect her, protect her, protect her. I got that. That that's a, that's a given with siblings, of course. But just the severity of it. It's like Alex. You act like Alex is strung out on drugs. Walking around yeah. sick. like it's a bit much, Mom. Calm down. Well, I don't know. I I really really enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, there definitely were some pieces that it's like, man, maybe there's something missing because of the skipping of the episode. I don't know, but uh, there was just a lot of really good moments, a lot of good character development, especially on the part of Cat. Yeah, uh, I did. You know, I I I agree. The mother stuff was a little strong, but it didn't really bother me. Um, I just I, I I enjoyed this episode from beginning to end. Plus, I really liked Livewire in the animated series, so um, it was exciting to see With her. With the bad hair, it must be really hard to give women that don't have white hair white hair because <laughs> none of it looks real. Not on TV, right. not on movies. No, there is no time where when they give somebody uh, white hair, does it look? real at all like it, it, you could tell well, the mother of dragons it still doesn't look real but it looks pretty good looks better because she's yeah so much sexy that you don't <laughs> get the hair that much but it's it still could be fake if you stared too long so what do we give supergirl i give it a b plus i liked it a lot it was fun good episode not really too many problems with it i'm b i'm with you gave it a b yeah. i really like the can't cat stuff it was, it was what i really enjoyed most of all the super I didn't even care that much about the super girl stuff. The but to seeing them interact with each other and the conversation her and Alex have. It's it's I'm digging it as much as I dig the um, almost as much as I dig the conversation that uh, Barry has with his with his fathers when when things happen. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the cat and Kara conversations more than well, that too. I did. I really enjoyed those too. Yeah, uh, you kind of get where Cat is coming from as a person. I mean, right, exactly. More than you did before. Before she was too much. She, to me, she came off more like a, uh, just a, a fake, you know, archetype. But she didn't oh. have anything, you know. Say, so, do you guys suspect that maybe possibly that? She doesn't know, but the cat's starting to suspect something about Kara. I think that's going to be a thing where she does. She's going to start to pay attention to everything Kara says because what's been able to, why Kara's been able to get away with, you know, doing what she's been doing so far is that she never paid attention to her. But now I think it's going to be a problem for her now because Cat is not dumb. And she's exactly. going to start to pay attention, and she's right. going to, you know, she's going to live. It's going to cause some issues, and to the point where she might even find out who she is, because they did, they didn't do the dynamic which I thought they were of her hating Supergirl. This is right. totally different relationships. This is not that. She doesn't hate Supergirl at all. If anything, she's the adult mentor. <laughs> she, I didn't know she was going to be. 
Well, and I know that she went through all these, you know, feels this week, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with her protege and whatnot and, and d- the holiday and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But just that last conversation where she's, you know, trying, she's opening up to Kara more about, you know, I need to learn more about you and whatnot. It just, I, I don't know. It just felt like, yeah, she's showing that she has interest in her employee, but at the same time, it just, something about the way she spoke just made me think she's suspecting something not not that she's put two and two together but that Mm. she's getting there i think she's gonna get away from the deo a little bit more and i think i should hope and i think in the second half of the season i think cat is gonna discover who she is and that's gonna be how she gets her resources it yeah. would even make sense on how she can get the computer. Like, if they had left that computer stuff out, didn't even have that thing where he got the computer thing for her. Right. And did it after Cat finds out. Like, Cat hooks her up with a, with a little base so she could do that. And of course, you know, it'll be like Kat, uh, the official, you know, newspaper of Supergirl, the official magazine of Supergirl. Yeah. Like, oh, all yeah. Cat Co. Be a well, yeah, and then... Kind of- now Kara's uniform right below the S emblem, it'll have to say powered by Catco. <laughs> well, that would be the fight about it, though. That would be, <laughs> yeah. that would be the fight, like how that would go. But I think there's a reason why they made it that Cat doesn't hate Supergirl. Because that could have been easily written. Right. Yeah. She just didn't like her as a superhero at all, but they didn't do that. Well, and that's the nice thing is they're not. There's a lot of examples in the few episodes so far that they're not taking the easy route in how they could with this show, you know. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Gotham. Oh, happier show, happy episode. Yeah, happy happy show. Um, Season two, episode number nine already. Wow, rise of the villains: colon a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. Cola, we kill people bad. We we just we just kill people left and right. You gotta watch it. It's like a, when there's a corn. <laughs> I uh, I I pity whoever has to recruit for the strike team on Gotham uh, yeah. Police oh, yeah. Department. That's all I'm gonna say Man. at this point because yeah, they might as well be wearing red shirts with exactly. Yeah, so and they still get say. well. They still get more recruitment than uh, than the sense Star, Star City. City. Yeah, <laughs> even with all this, they still do. The one, the one, the one member of the strike team that has a happy ending doesn't even get to have that. So hell no. Um, Tabitha Galavan is impatient, guys. She's <laughs> tired of waiting around for her brother to kill Jim Gordon. And after yeah. everything that happened to Barbara last time, I think she's mad at her girlfriend is down. Oh, she is. So she yeah, I got the that. impression that she more wanted him dead because of that than uh, her brother not being able to get it done. Yeah. Well, it's not even that her brother couldn't be able to get it done. It just seems like she couldn't wait. You know, because there was that scene right. at the end with him where he's like, you know, you're messing everything up. Stop it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like she couldn't wait, especially, like I said, especially after what happened to Barbara last episode. Yeah. She gets yeah. bored. Right. So she goes to this uh, hidden uh, casino. Uh, hidden behind a bar in a you know, secret room, of course, um, to talk to uh, an unnamed character. We're just going to call her the woman, I guess. Right. She's yeah. uh, Michelle Gomez. I guess she was on Doctor Who. Yeah, she was. She played Missy yeah, in she Doctor was, Who. Well, wasn't she? Hmm? Well, she was the master. She was a, one of the reincarnations of the master, wasn't she? Uh, Missy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the yeah. same thing as saying she's she's one of the, another doctor because that's who the yeah. master was. She's, she's another Gallifreyan. Yeah. I'm sorry, I fell asleep there. We were talking about Doctor Who. Oh, shut sure, shit. Why you gotta be so mean? Why you gotta be a mean girl? Because <laughs> it bores me to tears. Okay. Uh. So anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to Tabitha, girl. Tabitha talks to her and wants to hire someone to kill uh, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Jim Gordon. So she says she'll get right on it. She says, you know, by the end of the day, he's dead. We heard that one before. Yeah, we all yeah. we all heard it. Uh, Gordon goes to the hospital, checks on Barbara. Um, Dummy. They're moving her to Arkham. Dummy. He goes to uh, the police department. The police department. He sees Lee there. Uh, they talk, but he uh, he tells Lee that he visited Barbara, and Lee is not happy about that. Well, you should know better than that. I mean, I know you're telling the truth and all, but God dang it, man. Yeah, there's some there's a difference between telling the truth and, and <laughs> not telling someone everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> God, Especially dang. after the oh, last right. time they saw you with her, you know, there were shotguns and tied to chairs and, right. and all she kinds of other things. Yeah. Was I, had to, I had to get my head together. You know, Which something. was led there by watching her boyfriend kiss her in an interrogation room, too. So mm-hmm. I get where she's mad. <laughs> Yeah, and you're with, just throwing it in her face like that. We have the two main storylines this time. We uh, the the contract on Gordon, but we also had. And I found this really really kind of cool. Was the whole Penguin and Ed Enigma bit? My yeah. favorite part. Or Penguin is like kind of sick in bed, kind of recuperating, and right. uh, Edward Enigma is trying to apprentice himself <laughs> to Penguin. Um, Misery. Penguin, yeah, yeah, I, I was like saying I got three. a misery vibe out of the mm-hmm. whole sequence, but I love this whole sequence. This is my favorite part of the episode. Right. Uh, Penguin wakes up and uh, Ed- Edward has a present for him. He pulls out a guy, uh, you know, cha- uh, tied to a chair with a bag you know, taped over his head. Who uh, this is uh, a lackey of Theo Gallivan, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, you know, I thought you uh, might like a little present. And he gives him a knife, and he's like, help yourself, go ahead, kill him, have some revenge, have a good time. And Penguin says, no, I'm getting the hell out of Gotham. As soon as I'm, you know, as soon as I'm over this bullet wound, I'm just going to pack it, I'm never coming to Gotham again. Right. That's not Penguin. But slowly, as the episode goes on, Edward is kind of able to turn him back to the Penguin that he should be. Right. Um, just by them kind of getting to know each other a little bit. I was hoping you'd say that, and it turns out that Edward Enigma uh, had him stashed in a closet the whole time. Yep. So he's kind of like, Enigma's uh, trying to bring the Penguin back into the game. And like you said, some really good scenes there. Bruce is talking to Silver St. Cloud. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Alfred comes, he's like, get, the, uh, get out of here. Which it's about time that he just stepped up and said, look, I'm your, he never said the word guardian, but you know, I, I, I'm in charge of you. And no, no, no. Man, I took my belt off and started whipping every underage child in that room. If they're <laughs> golden, they, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm so tired of it, man. The only thing that was left from that wasn't in the scenes when Alfred walked away, they didn't play Gold Digger in the background. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Alfred is just like, look, you're not going to talk to her. You're not seeing her. Uh, Bruce is trying to offer, no, I want to find out where my parents' murder is. And Alfred's yeah. like, yeah, I know what you want, buddy. But Bruce, I ain't Do you think Caliban knows or that it was just a ruse? Because I'm thinking it was just a ruse, but... I'm thinking ruse. Yeah, Alfred thinks it's a ruse. And he tells uh, Bruce that if he has to lock him down in, the, in uh, Wayne Manor to keep him in there, that he will, you know? And that's just terrible right there, having to be locked in your own mansion like that. So It's rough for them rich people like that. It's no, rough. I know it. 
I love the scene where Bruce comes, uh, like the next scene with them, where Bruce is like, "Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Alfred. I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna go to bed." And Alfred's like, "Oh, by the way, that cab you had at the, <laughs> the yard, I sent him away. I gave him a good tip because he's been waiting there for a while." And yeah. uh, oh, here's this. Here's the hotel key the silver gave you. I've got it. You know, because I'm that dumb, to, like to, to, to believe that after all this whining that you've been doing and stomping the feet, that you're gonna just go to bed. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that I'm pretty sure because Alfred's not an idiot and he's, you know, he's obviously well trained in his youth. And I'm pretty sure he saw Silver hand the key to Bruce. Oh, of course. Well, of course he did. He's Alfred, man. I'm saying. Exactly. Trained operative Alfred. He knows. Uh, Bruce tries to break out one more time. But in that time, he gets caught by Selena. He was hiding behind the curtains. He said, uh, you know, Selena's like, I know you're trying to go see Silver or whatever, but you know, you gotta trust me, she's no good. And when no good tells you no good is no good. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I should tell you something. Uh Gordon heads over to uh Galavan's apartment to look for evidence to corroborate Mayor James' story. I still don't understand why they left Mayor James alive. I still that's like the one thing that really bothers me about uh, Yeah, I don't uh, it doesn't make any sense either. Um Well, was it wasn't it more or less and I mean I'm wondering if um, his sister kept him aside as a plaything, you know. Yeah, and, but as soon as things started to go south, you just kill him real quick. Like, well, no, no, but I'm wondering with... if Galavan even knew he was still alive. I'm wondering if Galavan had, was had ordered his sister to kill him off after she was done playing, but she didn't want to kill him off. She, I don't think. I, I think they would have had a scene where she he had said that to her and when they were talking in prison. I oh, think yeah, maybe. something. When he chastised her about what what the other thing she did, I think he would have said, you know, you should have did, you know, why didn't you do what I told you to do? Oh, yeah, true, true. He, uh, Gordon gets attacked, attacked by a hipster piano-tuning assassin in the elevator. So true. Um, Takes, uh, and then uh, after he uh, takes assassin, assassin's phone rings, the woman is on the other end and is not happy. Evidently, Gordon is going to be a little tougher than she thought Oops, to kill. Right. Yep. Gordon's trying to figure out uh, who sent who sent the uh, assassin, so he dangles he dangles hipster, hipster assassin out the window. Barnes you know, yells at him to, t- to stop. Mm-hmm. And as you know, what, what, you know, Bart's like, "What the hell is going on with you?" And just as that happened, three more assassins come in. Yep, they they get into a gunfight. Of course, we got a few more of the special uh, tri- strike force that die. Yeah, Barnes takes one to the leg. Jim, the dumb, dumb Jim. Jim, Jim has just been dumb. There is no line, only the law. He tries to stab Gordon and hits uh, Barnes in an artery in the leg instead. So he's kind of bleeding out. Yeah. Uh, Gordon ties Barnes to tourniquet. I really thought he was finished this episode. What was weird, though, I got a sense from the commish that it almost seemed like he wanted him to leave because he didn't want him to find something. Maybe. I, mm, I don't know. I still I think waiting. Barnes is in cahoots, man. That's what I'm saying. I keep I keep thinking it's too good to be true to this dude to be legit. So I keep thinking the way he kept yelling at Jim, he was right in yelling at him about what he was yelling at him about. But at the same time, I kept thinking to myself, oh, you're trying to stop him from finding what, what, what's in there to help Galavan out. You don't want him to find that thing. Mm-hmm. So just, just those two things keep running through my head because some of it was true. He's doing stupid things. I mean, like, I don't know why you would run down there like that and just and not have more backup before you even do it. 
this is where we get to a scene with Gordon and Barnes, where Gordon is telling Barnes about like the monster inside him, about the darkness, about the lion. Uh, and then Barnes tells him a story that you know was kind of chilling as well. Um, we we uh, cut back to uh, Ed, Ed and the Penguin. It's a great new sitcom, Ed and the Penguin. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> And he explained, you know, Enigma um, explains to Penguin that, like, you know, he knows how he feels about his mom because he felt that way about Miss Kringle for a while. But now he feels gratitude because he says that, um, you know, now, you know, there's not, he has no weakness. You know what right. I mean? Now that, you know, the one thing that he loves is gone, there's nothing, nothing worse could happen to him. So he's, mm. you know, he has no weakness. And Penguin, you know, he explains the same thing to Penguin. Penguin kind of understands him. That's some of the best dialogue in this episode, too, by the way. I thought that was really well written and delivered. Barnes and Gordon are kind of taking a breather in Gallivan's apartment after, you know, all the assassins or whatever. And we get the next assassin, uh, Eduardo Flamingo, from episode 666 of Batman. Yeah. um, From the Grant Morrison run. Uh, The cannibalistic. um, He's not as, he doesn't look as much like Prince. No. In this as he did in the comic. Yeah. Thing. It was like, he looked just like Prince, but pink. He goes down to take out Gordon, and uh, first he takes out, um, finally the backup is there for Gordon, but as soon as the backup arrives, of course, Eduardo Flamingo kills them all. Of course he does. <laughs> and starts snacking on them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon comes down to meet Flamingo. Every time uh, Gordon punches Flamingo, Flamingo just kind of laughs. And, and he loves enjoying it. it, you know. He's mm-hmm. like really, really get, uh, really getting off on it. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, you know, Gordon puts uh, his gun in Flamingo's mouth, and he looks like he's gonna, um, you know, blow his brains out. But Gordon just screams like a madman, and then ultimately puts the guns gun away. And Flamingo reads Flamingo's rights, and Flamingo says like something like, "Oh, you disappoint me." <laughs> well, it was kind of cool because you just had Barnes tell that story about when he was over in the Middle East yeah, right. during war and just the whole, you know, juxtaposition of that and then Gordon making the right choice. It was it was kind of cool. Right. I don't even think he made the right choice. This is in this Gotham. I don't think he did. Well, you know, well, we're about that, to find out why he didn't make the right choice. Yeah. Because the, like, the one member of the strike force that survived. <laughs> Gordon's like, good job. You know, uh-huh. As soon as he said that to her, I'm like, oh, come on, really? Yeah. Kill her, really. too. Um, she takes Flamingo downtown, and as she's doing so, Flamingo just reaches out and just takes a big bite out of her neck. Mm-hmm. And kills her, like, bleeds her out right there on the floor of the police department. That right. scene of all them cops, and you couldn't pull him off of... Exactly. Uh, so so him. we have a scene where Barnes gets his femoral artery punctured and is bleeding out all over this apartment and he lives she gets her jugular bit into and torn and there's dozens of people around and they can't save her <laughs> it's like not. come on i'm like man she really definitely was oh no is there shirt. not enough realism in your comic book show mr Chelsea? no Sorry. there's not it's gotta be all real i want realism like okay. in the balloon man episode right <laughs> that was really real Exactly. Um, we finally end the episode with Tabitha going to visit Theo in jail mm-hmm. at Blackgate, and Theo is like, "You done messed up, girl. What are you trying to do? You messed up my plan." And she said, uh, um, and, you know, "He says, you know, if you keep this up, you're gonna mess up all my plans, and you know, I will have to kill you myself." I saw that coming though. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa!" Because yeah, yeah, they've been pretty, you know, inseparable through the whole thing. And then finally, the very last scene of the episode, since you want to end on it as weird a note as possible, 
<laughs> the um, the monk that we saw earlier meeting with Galavan uh, from the Order of St. Dumas uh, is on the dock uh, with about, I don't know, maybe a dozen other monks. Yeah. And the security guard comes up and says, hey, you guys can't be here. And then they all run up and stab him with daggers. <laughs> and run away and walk off. <laughs> you just saw him go, oh, you're dead. Just... Very Caesar. I'm more just yeah. I was gonna say the, the Julius Caesar is ass. <laughs> As security guard, if I was working that joint, I, and all them people come out in hoods, I'm not going to run up them um, to them to talk to them. First of all, I would call someone. Gotham I, is I would never be a security guard in any place anywhere in Gotham ever. <laughs> but if I did. I would I not be doing that. I would I not have my gun out too. Maybe. Yeah, I'd have my. That don't even work when there's that many hooded people. So I'd have just I'd have bounced. I'd have called the cops from another location and bounced. Exactly. And the guys in hoods, uh, looking much like the, the background of a Spinal Tap album. Yeah. I walk <laughs> Nobody knows who, uh, where they came from. Okay, so rise of the villains. Holy dark lord. Rise of the Villains, colon, a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> what do you guys give it? I, 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 This one I give a B-. minus. I mean, I really liked a lot of the pieces of it. I mean, the, the Ed and Penguin stuff. I mean, if the episode had been just all that, I'd been happy. It was very, very well done. I'm, I'm really getting tired of Bruce. You know, we already kind of talked that one out, but, you know... I, I, I think that they need to go back to what they initially or what I thought they initially were going to do was he was going to be sprinkled in throughout the seasons, not necessarily so much focus on him. Although I do love Alfred. I mean, it's still not training. I don't I don't want to like, yeah, make yeah. him train, like make Something. him whine while they train. I so, think I can I can I can stomach him whining if he's doing that while Alfred is training him and they talk. Yeah. As opposed to, um, because right now I don't like, I've had more feels uh, when uh, little Barry was talking to his father and Joe. Yeah. More than, and he wasn't in it a lot. Like young Barry wasn't in it a lot compared to how uh, Bruce is written on this show. It's it's just, it's just a nice. He's a little too Luke Skywalker in Empire, you know, just whiny about everything and overreact. And I get he's a kid, he's a teenager, yeah, and all this other stuff. But, you know, there's so many scenes where they try to pull him off as this much more mature mm-hmm. kid, you know, because he's lived a Well, Bruce is not a normal kid. But the on, the, on the flip side of it, it's like, come on, man. I, I just don't see Bruce Wayne acting as whiny and bratty as he has right. in a few of the recent scenes, especially in this episode. Um, I you're, still, you're I forget, still oh, wait like, a minute, wait a minute. But while you're uh, on this point, forget all the whiny and bratty. Take all that out of this, the, the okay. equation, okay? This, if this character is supposed to be a believable Bruce Wayne to me, he needs to be smarter than they've yes. had to be so far. That's my problem. He needs to have the natural innate detective ability mm-hmm. that, that this Batman had, even before he trained to be a detective. Okay? Yeah, right. And the deductive reasoning skills. This Bruce is an idiot. 
Yes. There's no offense, but this Bruce, I mean, compared yes. to the yeah. Bruce Wayne, it's not Bruce in every other book, in every other movie. movie, this Bruce, by the time he's 12 years old, should already be training in acrobatics, should already be training, like like Daryl says, should already be training in karate and, mm-hmm. and, and martial arts and, you know, and all these other things. And, you know, so far all we've seen is him, you know, skipping rope with Alfred or whatever, you know, right. or, or he boxing. All about is tell me, tell me, tell me, like he doesn't discover anything, like no. he doesn't... Like this is not just when they start to give you like hints that maybe we're going to start seeing some of his great detective skills and all this other stuff. Then they just completely change direction, you know, because like after they got into the back, the the soon someday to be Batcave, you know, the whole thing with the computer and everything else. I'm like, okay, now Bruce is going to start putting, you know, developing and honing in his detective skills and all this other stuff. And instead we get whiny, bratty Bruce. And even as a kid, like, he shouldn't be like other kids because this is Bruce Wayne. Right. Like, it, I could see other kids being, some kids are going to be whiny and bratty, some are not. But I, but as Bruce, if you want to build up, like, this is not supposed to be Nolan Bruce. You know, like, you think you're not going to write the Nolan Bruce where he wasn't as mature at a young age as this. You're, you're I mean, he wasn't as immature uh, at a young age. You're you're doing Bruce like a iconic Bruce, where he should be a lot smarter. He should be more intuitive of people. He should be and always wanting to learn. This Bruce, I don't see him ever. He doesn't come off as wanting to learn anything. He always wants you just to tell him or or give him something. Like that's and not the Bruce I, that I'm used to. That's the yeah. the Bruce should be. He should be the one in the background, not you know, like not always talking. But listening and 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 trying to, like I I, w- I could hear him, I could totally see scenes of him going, Jim, you show me some things like trying to learn from everyone, Bullock, like right. that's the Bruce I could see, like trying to learn from every source he can find, even if they're criminals. I could even see him. I would have loved to even seen him have a penguin scene. Where yeah. he's like, show me what you do. Like, why do you do what you do? Like, I know you're a criminal, but we don't. You, that, that, that's here nor there. Well, why do you do what you do? I would love to know. Like, that's the type of thing I want to see. Right. And we're not getting that. And, and, right and I, that. I like the the kid that's playing Bruce. I really do. It's I not just the kid's think fault. I, I think given. they're writing him wrong. I just yeah, it's what know. he's given. It's not. It's not the, the actor's fault. He can only do what they tell him to do on the page. But uh, I had to give it a C plus for that because it's really between that and the way Jim is just acting. Really, he Jim is starting to lose brain. Uh, some of his uh, for a dude that's been trained the way he was supposed yeah. to be trained in the in the in the service. But I mean, they're writing just... that smarter. I mean, it, it it's it's what he's going through week over week that that's breaking him down mentally. And I think that that's what you know. That's why Barnes is is good to be there, whether or not he's in cahoots or whatnot. He's definitely mentoring Jim through. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when 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 the shit hits the fan, you got to hold it together. You got you you got to keep focus. You know, things like that. So Jim's definitely going down a path that he doesn't need to go down, but he's not straying far from where he should be. And I think that that's what. The motivation with Barnes and Lee is going to be or is meant to be is to keep him grounded somewhat. And then eventually he's going to break through and become the Gordon. What throws me, though, a little bit is if he had not killed that guy 
early on in the season, and I, now I, he does it. Like if he if they drive him to do it now, he's earned it. Like he earned the the. the yes the and no, but I because I think that that was kind of the linchpin to send him down this this darker path this season. Was you know they that just that just unraveled. That was the beginning of but the, the way I think he broke too soon. I, I still think maybe, he broke maybe. too soon because the, just the just because you got bust down to to a beat cop and then like you went through a whole thing of being in a damn prison. You were they made you a parole a, a a prison guard and you survived it. Like I, it just True. him killing that dude just still throws me off with with this season. That's the only well, thing really that does it. But he didn't. It, it, the thing is though is. It, at least when he did that, he didn't have the intent. I mean, it came down to, you know, he went in doing what he shouldn't be doing to begin with. But then at that point, it was either him or, or the guy. Yeah, just the covering had, it up, not, not the, the covering up of it. It, it made him feel well, of Jim. because essentially, I mean, the guy got killed in, in the process of Jim committing a crime. I so, think if it would, it would have... But it's still Jim who's been thrown in, in everybody's yeah. faces that you don't do that. Like, even in a situation where even as corrupt as Gotham is, you don't do that. You don't do that. Like, Well, yeah, and with this week's episode, though, I think it shows the theme of this season, or at least this first half of the season, is dealing with that darkness and, and what's right or wrong and for Jim and things like that. Because, I mean... You know, I think for him to become the uh, Commissioner Gordon that we know in the comics and whatnot, he's going to have to go through all these variations of dark and light situations. And I think this is one of the darker moments this first half of the season. It's definitely is that, for sure. Let's move on to uh, the return of Gorilla Grodd. I am. Gorilla Warfare. <laughs> I can't get out of this chair. He got his chair, huh? It hurts. <laughs> well, guys, um, last episode we left Barry unable to feel his legs at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode we see him kind of hobbling around. Uh, we see a very touching uh, part where he's trying to you know, walk a few steps across um, you know, the floor of Star Labs with Joe helping him. Um, he's slowly recovering. Um, evidently, uh, what happened to him would have you know totally... Uh, paralyzed a normal person, but he's yeah. slowly, everything is slowly growing back for him because of his uh, fast, you know, regeneration abilities. Um, after that happens, uh, Harry shows up. Harry wants to go back to Earth One or Earth Two. Mm-hmm. So they had a plan. You know, he wanted to come to Earth One, use the Flash to help him save his daughter and stop Zoom. That plan, that plan failed. He needs to go make a new one, and he thinks he has to do that at home. Right. Um, as they're, as they're talking, Caitlin now mentioned something about the breaches, and then they realize that, you know, if all the breaches are in Central City on this Earth, but not on the other Earth, they should use that information to their advantage. What if they were able to close all the breaches, except for the one in Star Labs, and then set a trap for Zoom right there? Um, unfortunately, though, these are things are put on hold because Gorilla Grodd is back. He's grabbing in, in intelligence-enhancing drugs by mentally controlling uh, scientists and having them steal them for him. And uh, we find this, we you know, we see this in a scene early on where there's a, um, a crime scene where, the, you know, the guy's blood spatter is way up on a on the roof. 
Was it? Was that? it? Way Ooh. up high. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. A little sky. coffee here. Hold on. Um, Cisco and Caitlin are hanging out at Star Labs. Cisco and, and, and Caitlin are talking. All of a sudden, Caitlin looks up, looks at Cisco, and punches him right in the face. I need Cisco to be a little bit more alert. Yeah. He's going to be like, whoa. Because <laughs> um, you know these things are happening. Like, there's crazy things that are happening in Stars in uh, Central City. You should be a little bit more alert about things like this. He lures, uh, uh, Grodd lures Caitlin out of Star Labs and takes her away to a bell tower. How original. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> the beautiful you mean Faye Ray? Tower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants Caitlin to make more Grods. More. Uh, he remembers Caitlin being kind you know, yep. from, the, um, from the experimentation before. Big other. And he wants... <laughs> this week, Daryl Taylor as Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> <laughs> Bowl spaghetti. Spaghetti. Big Cook. spaghetti. Cook now. More meatballs. Make spaghetti. More spaghetti. Yeah. Make burgers bigger. <laughs> they realize um, the, the team slowly figures out what's going on when uh, Patty Spivak uh, uh, does a, a DNA scan on the hairs that she found at the crime scene. They turn out to be from a gorilla. Poor Patty. I know they keep keeping. She's she's the iris of season two. Yeah, poor. Except she's <laughs> not annoying. No, not at all. Um, I like the scene where she's like, "You're not gonna believe what these hairs are from," and he's like, "Is it a gorilla?" <laughs> and she God says, how did you it. know? How did you know? <laughs> God dang it. And then Joe's like, I can't talk. There we go. <laughs> like, what the that? hell? What the hell? Um, they, they figure out a, a way, to, um, an algorithm to try to track God down. There's going to be, there are like three different places uh, that he might be. And they come up with a plan. Harry is going to dress up like Harrison Wells of Earth One. And there's a scene with Barry where he's like slowly, like he's slowly getting his speed back, mm-hmm. but it's he's he's healed, but it's his confidence that's taking a hit, right? Because he sure did embarrass the hell out of him. Right. So it's yeah. it's not even that all. He shamed but, that boy. He shamed him. But then the scene where where um uh was out in the reverse flash suit, Barry's immediately like zap on his throat, trying to mm-hmm. kill him. Didn't even think about it. No, it's like an instinct. And he's like, no, no, it's just a suit. It's just a suit. Cisco has to talk him down. So I love of... how Joe and everybody's reaction anytime they've seen Wells so far this season, it's just been. Well, Joe is it... the best. He just starts shooting. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's saying it. <laughs> what's up, going to start firing. Joe is like, I don't want to have a conversation about this. I'm just going to start shooting. And then we just bag the body. That's... I said, I'll ask your corpse the questions. Yeah. <laughs> We'll ask you. Yeah, we'll ask you later after I've shot you a few times. Exactly. I'm not gonna have no talk about this. So they dress. Uh, they dress uh, um, Harry up as uh, as Wells. Wow, that's a convoluted sense if you think about it. <laughs> they take him up to uh, Grodd's hideout or whatever, and he makes the fatal error. He asks, and Grodd's like, "You know, father never asked." Father. Uh, he, he swats Wells to the back. But uh, in the meantime, Cisco's able to get Caitlin out of there, and as they run run off, Wells is like, ah, Wells brings the power of acting. It was only uh, acting. To the thing, um, he he really like kind of channels the evil Wells, and it, it kind of chastises Grodd for what he's done. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, they escape. Um, they, they kind of hit ground with an overdose of the brain-enhancing serums that he has stolen and are able to make their way out. Um, Harry, uh, you know, Barry is going through his crisis of conscience. He's not, not sure he's going to be able to, like, you know, after everything Zoom did to him or whatever. So uh, Iris gives the call to Henry. And Henry Allen shows up to give a few pep talks. Um, he's like, you know, Barry's like, you know, everyone's lost faith in me. You know, I, I was the hero of the city and now, you know, they drag me around and shame me and, and beat me and there's no way I can beat him and, and woe is me. And Henry's like, look, dude, I just got out of jail. I just got out of prison for 20 years <laughs> for a crime I didn't commit. My wife was right. murdered in front of me. You know, my son's been kept from me this whole time. So, you know, I know about, you know, having having no one believe in you, okay? Right. And as soon <laughs> yeah, as I'm done telling you this, I'm going to go away again. Right. Well, I'm going to go back to fishing. Yeah, well, hey, the bastard biting, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot, he's not broke either. Well, no, he was a doctor before he went to prison, so I'm yeah, sure there but was... they said something, I remember they mentioned something about uh, there were money that was acquired, like he... He still had money coming in. Well, then why did they take him to the year. bus station and not the airport? I don't know. He could have just ran him the whole way there. And like, where do you want to go? I was taking to Colorado. Hold on. We're there. Or here, why don't you go buy a car? Harry has an idea of somewhere to, that Grob could go in Earth 2, a place where they send a lot of research gorillas, I guess. He's kind of vague about where they're sending him. Sure he is, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh... But they, they realize, you know, they, they lure Grodd out to the spot. Grodd is a little too big for the portal. <laughs> <laughs> so Barry has to, like, uh, kind of nudge him and hit him, you know, nudge him into the portal. And this time I it works. And it's like any time I try to walk through a door. I know. Yeah. This time it actually worked, though, because he's tried to use that boom thing again for quite a couple times, and it, and it never works anymore. Yeah, but this time worked. Yeah. Not a lot of flash in this episode. Just, just no. more more uh, character moments. In this. We uh, we had Barry. Uh, Barry took a moment to apologize to Patty. She knows he's been lying to her, but he says that uh, you know he's worried about her. His excuse is that he was worried about her dad, uh, her, her finding out about his dad. Right. And you know when a relationship is going to have problems or not sad. work is when they go. I I have to be able to trust you. <laughs> when they say that too many times, that's when you know there's a breakup coming. Oh, um, Cisco, by the way, goes on his date with Kendra. Yes. And like holds her hand outside of the Princess Bride, which we're going to go see, and then has a, a vibe, a big time vibe of her, of uh, Hawkman. Yeah. And uh, later makes up for his. Uh, um, running away from her or whatever by coming by jitters with a basket full of chocolate and flowers and uh, a digital projector with the, the Princess Bride on it. And he vibes her when they kiss, he vibes her again. And this, but this time he sees her. With yeah, and he doesn't run away like a like no. a scared little girl. No, he doesn't. Well, a friend of mine at work uh, brought up too, wondering if the first time he vibed on her, if he wasn't seeing like a past life. Of Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Mm. All he said was he saw Hawk. He saw the Hawk guy. That's right. all he saw. And then when he kissed her, he saw her in the right. Hulk costume. Yeah, that was yeah. her for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
So the very last scene of the episode, we see Grodd landing in the jungle. I knew this was coming. Looking kind of confused. Mm-hmm. And, then he comes, City. and then he comes out to a cliff and he sees below him Gorilla City. <laughs> now, so, the only. Now, wait, hold on. Before you guys jump on, I just want to uh-huh. say if you had told me a couple of years ago that there would be a TV show that featured DC's Gorilla City in it, <laughs> I would have said, you go to hell because that's not right. happening ever. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I'm wondering do we get to look forward to meeting a King Salivar? I think so, because what did they do to him? They gave him another bunch of doses doses of that drug. So now he's even more intelligent and probably his his mental powers are even stronger. And then you send him over to a city of apes. He's probably going to run ragged in there. And then it'll be their fault. Barry has to go back and fix the problem of, you know, you put this dude here like you put this dude here and he's been terrorizing us ever since like that that's going to be awesome to see that episode that yeah. two-parter yes it will because it could be jay and him if they don't kill jay off like i it hope they jay don't. back his speed yeah it could be him and jay could be cool okay the flash guerrilla warfare i give it an a I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. Yeah. Had a lot of feels. Had this whole As week usual. had a lot of feels in DC. <laughs> it did. But um, I have to agree. I give it a solid A. This was this for them to have an episode where, like you said, we don't really get to see much of the Flash and still be as entertaining and have such good character development, even for a character like Grodd. Loved it, and yeah, solid A all around. I'll give it a solid B pluses. A is gonna be when they get together. Yeah, it's coming up, man. December first. Yeah, that's December first is a big uh, crossover. We, I, I've heard yeah. they're going to be up to what nine, ten heroes. All. Oh my god! Together, it's gonna be huge. It's like a mini JSA, mini JLA, dude. It really that's is. What my, that's when my pants fly off. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know those pants that like the boxers wear they just you know, tear right off they, they tear right off with the, the shorts and everything. I'll just explode like I can't take all that all that superhero stuff and, and Daryl has plenty of those from his nighttime job is at Chippendale so that's right you know mm-hmm. oh the sparkles okay your name is your name is sparkles yeah say so don't give away your stage name oh I'm sorry Toby Sparkles <laughs> my friend, my friend, uh, I'll let this out, but my friend had an imaginary boy band, and uh, his, <laughs> his, uh, his, name, his name was Toby Cuddles. You could stop at imaginary or, boy band or T Cuz. There's so much. Well, him and his so friends like made up an imaginary boy band, and they played. They when were, did they break? When they imaginary broken up. Imaginary solo albums. What what happened? Who tried to go solo first? (laughs) Guys are in a a, a ska band called Bungie Jambo. Did you have an imaginary uh, terrible manager that tried to steal the money? Yeah, imaginary uh, drug addiction. Yeah, that's that's like that's like the imaginary jazz band I made up with the lead 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 led by Cheesy, and he was the drummer. (laughs) It's Cheesy and the Foreskins. One of them died from an overdose of Skittles, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He was found in his room overdosing. No, no, he overdosed on baby aspirin. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Rode that orange pony all the way Uh, to heaven, man. Okay. (laughs) Empty milk cartons all over the room. Yeah. (laughs) He was boozing it up with milk. Okay. So, iZombie. Season 2. Episode 7. Abracadaver. Yeah. There's a magic convention in town, and uh, goth poster boy and Chris Angel lookalike Sid Wicked (laughs) (laughs) uh, had his throat cut with a a metal playing card. Sure uh, did. Kind of Gambit style. Sure did, yeah. Um, The procedural was kind of pretty self-contained. It didn't have any uh, connection to the bigger storyline or the Max (laughs) Rager stuff going on or any of that. No. Uh, it just basically um, took took care of its own thing, and it, it turned just out... made it fun. It just made it fun. Yeah. Yeah. You, in the opening, when they're at the crime scene initially, I thought Ravi was uh, um, being like facetious and smart, Alec, and all that when he was referring to the magic convention. You know, almost almost eye rolling, and then after that, it was realizing, oh no, he's a magic nerd. Yeah, he's yeah. a nerd period. He's in a lot of things. Well, he's, yeah. he's, in the, he's in the D&D. He's in, like, he's in the video games. He's a gamer. It's just he's the way that talk. he was saying stuff like when he <laughs> revealed the dead fish in the gift baskets. The way he was saying it, it just yeah. sounded so uh, smart, Alec. I was like, okay. Well, so that British accent. You know, you yeah, can't yeah, help yeah. it. It's hard to sound nerdy when you, when you got that accent sometimes. <laughs> you think you're judging everybody. But he is truly a nerd, which is fun. Yep. Yeah, the funny part when uh, I like when Liv is uh, is doing tricks for him, and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, this is the best brain ever. I want to keep killing magicians so it never ends. He was like a little kid. He was like, more, more, more. Don't stop. <laughs> and Clive, and the just the opposite Clive's responses to the stuff. Clive is like, don't. Please. Some days. I was like, just. Just please, just, just please, no. <laughs> Look at my face. Um, the the murderers t- uh, end up being a pen and teller type uh, analog or whatever, yeah. kind of yeah. with, a, with kind of a lame reveal. It turns out that this guy said Wicked made his uh, made his bones like doing YouTube videos showing off how other people did their tricks, mm-hmm. and then everybody he was about to expose. Um, and I liked how they re- they they knew that it would have been kind of. It would have been a dud if they had revealed it like in the box, you know, like when they do the the inter- interrogation. It was better the way that they did it. Yep, especially when Liv was like, "This is this is." Bad. He said, "Usually we do this at the station." She said, "She was like, was the showmanship in that?'" Like her facial expression <laughs> just had me crack it up. It's so great, right? Good. She played it well. She she did it. She really she really played it well with this. Um, there was a lot of, uh, character stuff and, and shuffling, uh, moving stuff on the board this week. Mm-hmm. We didn't see any Max Rager really so much this episode. We didn't see any nope. of Gilda slash Rita. There was no, you know, Teenage Utopian, no Stacy Boss mm-hmm. this episode. Um, but the, Robbie, whole, the yeah. whole thing of them connecting in, in, in Major's mind, now he knows that he's being investigated, not him personally, but right. well, well, he know he, he is being personally investigated by Clive and whatnot, yeah. but now he's finding out, you know, the FBI is onto this, 
these killers and now Liv knows it's zombies. So that that connection to it this episode, that was really good stuff. So. And on top of that, the Ravi stuff with him being an idiot. Yeah. Like, like if you really wanted your girlfriend back, you should have just said you wanted your ex-girlfriend back. But the whole thing of, of you know, with the other woman that you've been, you know, kind of kind of dragging along and she really liked your dumb ass. Like that is yep. just like she was doing so much crap for you. Like she doesn't care about any of that stuff. She was doing it for you. And he just Well, it freaked uh, him out. He he wasn't ready for that kind of commitment, I guess. No, because he let her on. He kept saying because Liv tried to warn him. He said, You sure you're the only one that thinks that this is just the you know, y'all are just hanging out? Or, you know. And he didn't want to hear that. He knew. He thought he knew better. Like this is he, you know what it is? He looked at her, he looked at the woman, and he judged her as being being more sluttish, meaning not being that she just, you know, she just hooks up with, with dudes. It's not a big deal to her. But that was yeah. totally not what it was. She was, you know. She fell. And then you had, as soon as Peyton came back, you wanted to... You knew you you started. She he acted that way because this sounds like such a soap opera. How much? It was very soap operaish this episode. It was, but he acted the way he acted because Peyton was back, and he wanted, and he you knew for sure he wanted Peyton back. Right. Kind of. Well, well, and I mean, look at it from this this light. He was starting something with Peyton, then all the shit hit the fan. Um, You know, this girl was the rebound. And she totally was without, but, but he didn't say it, but he didn't, but he, yeah, he was, she totally was, which was sad because, you know, she, uh, Pey- Peyton shouldn't be mad at him though for moving on, you know, and I don't think she but is, the but, but the whole thing is, is, is the fact that he broke up with this girl, you know, for Peyton her should have been kind of like, you, didn't, you know, the, yeah. the dummy thing was you broke up with her before you, re- before you, had that conversation with Peyton. Right. Because well, and this also for. Hmm? this also whole thing makes you have to really suspend disbelief. You already have to do that with these comic book shows, but here you got a nerd who has a hot girl that just, you know, is doing everything for him and he throws her away. That's, that's not that's not real life at all. You know. Well, yes it is. I mean, plenty of <laughs> nerds have have pretty Well, not all of us lives. have the the, the soothing Barry White type voice like Jim, <laughs> or, the, or the rugged I, good looks like Daryl Taylor. Some of us, me. some of us look like me, and you know, you know. I'm I, saying you go to the cons, you <laughs> go to you go to Comic Cons, and you see the couples that are there, and there oh, are yeah. quite a few nerdy, not uh, six pack looking dudes with some very attractive wives and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. So it's not impossible. It's not some Something and Ravi is not like it was in the eighties. Is what he's trying to say, right? And Ravi's <laughs> not some dude that just you know like he's he's working at McDonald's. Like he's a, he's doctor. a doctor, yeah. Like you know, like he's a I, doctor. He's British. He's into many different things, and I could see him meeting women alone just because there are plenty of women that are beautiful women that game. There are plenty of beautiful women that are in the D and D. No, no, I, I agree. So he has interest. He's not that nerd that just sits at home and he doesn't do anything. He has totally his interest. But so I'm saying is he would I like the conflict that it didn't work out like that because he was stupid. Yeah. Like yeah. he is a likable character, but 
likable characters still do dumb things. And he didn't have that conversation with Peyton, which he should have had, and and found out where her head was, and and that he paid yeah. the price for it. He lost a good girl. That she could have been a. He don't. He never gave her a shot, though. I don't think he ever. He ever gave her a shot. So, but he could have could have had a cool relationship with her. But that's although I mean, she I mean, did come off a bit clingy, you know, for she a did, new but that's relationship. The conversation you have that's the, yeah. that's the conversation yeah. you have. But we've all done that. We've all. Wanted, you know, wanted the one that probably wasn't the best for us and kind of didn't, you know, nurture a relationship with the one that probably could have been something better, which See, I like. But I, it, like I mean, yeah, because because if I was in his shoes, I'd be wait, you're a hot girl that wants to stick around with me and uh, I don't have to pay you. It's a better, be as clingy as you want. Right. But I, <laughs> it's it's a better the thing they dealt with better than than how Barry has dealt with his girlfriends, I, sh- I would say. Oh yeah, I Barry has an eye rolling thing of how he deals with his uh, relationships sometimes. There you go. Oh, really? You that's not that's not realistic the way that he reacts to things. But this is overall good show. I give it a B B plus A. It, it's in that range because it just it was funny. It had enough funny scenes in it, but they dealt with things. Right, at the same time, and it didn't get boring. And I like the way that they switched up the reveals of the cases and like all that stuff worked for me. Well, and with some of the other dark stuff going on in DC shows and whatnot this week, it was a good bright spot, you know. That yeah, dark stuff on this show too. I'm like recently, you know, the, the recent episodes, it's been really dark. Yeah. You know, yeah. So uh, I can't believe you guys are glossing over the biggest thing that happened in this episode. What am I messing up? What's it is that? Babino and Bazio got it on, man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Got got together. I got well, hit. I finally got some, man, after two, ep- right. after two seasons and seven episodes. <laughs> and he still got the bad face. I yeah. guess nothing is going to take that bad face away from Clyde. He just has resting mad face, I think. That's, yeah, he just has resting mad face. Sometimes we do. We, we have that. I He's such a great character. Whoever's, whoever's writing his character is... Big thumbs up. Yeah. I'll give it a B plus two. I thought it was a good connective uh, episode. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, this is the calm. Is I agree. I think that this is the calm before the storm episode. This is a break. This is everyone gets a rest break. Yeah. Before it the. Was, is this. <laughs> when, when, we're all, are we only getting 12, 13 episodes of this this year again? Or are they going to have a fall finale and go Next into question? a second half? I don't remember. I think it's only 12 or 13. Because this is what the the league is going to replace, right? Oh, you mean uh, Legends of Tomorrow? Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. I think so. Maybe. I th- I, I'm pretty sure this is only going to be a 12-episode season, though. Right. I think. Well, I think they should keep it. Don't yeah, I'm fine with that. Long. I'm totally keep good it. with that. No, I'm fine with it. I'm just kind of curious. Oh, and, and we skipped the whole thing with Major thinking he can deal with Liv and, and what she goes through as a zombie and he couldn't deal with it. Just at the Obviously. end of the episode, he couldn't deal with it. Yeah, when he came in and she's praying to the Dark Lord. That was funny too. Yeah. All right. We got one more. One more. It's time for the bro. Thanks, guys, can you feel the feel the bro love? I'm about to start crying right now. It's so brotastic. This episode is even called it's Brotherhood. I love. Arrow, season four, episode seven. Mm-hmm. This one is called Brotherhood. It is brotastic. Oh, uh, 
It reminds me of you and Daryl. It really does. Well, that's how we do. I wanted to mention really quick that James Banford stepped in to direct this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. you can really tell by the action scenes how, how oh, they, yes. they look really, really good. Uh, he's He was a fight choreographer and second unit director for like a bunch of movies, if you want to check that out. Well, he but, also did a lot of the first and second season episodes of Arrow as, as stunt coordinator. Right. So you yeah, you can tell and, in the way these these are are, are, are marked down. That scene. elevator scene. I was gonna. That's what I was that about to say. That elevator fight. scene has his signature written yeah. all. Yeah. Because I, because kind of the what's been a little weakish on on Arrow this season has been the some of the fights have just been seem to be the same fights over and over again. You know, like kick, kick, spin in a circle, kick, kick, spin in a circle, right. hit right. you with the bow, spin in a circle, hit you with the bow. Like that's kind of been the. They haven't been imaginative anymore like they used to be uh, early on. Like they used to do stunts from hell from the motorcycle. They used to fight. That's because early on, James Bamford was a big part of those yeah. initial. So, so I think that that's one thing. I think that this was a, really surprised me. Like when they did the elevator scene, I was like, it's not over with yet. They're still fighting. And then they're fighting here. They fought over there. Camera tracked them from one room and yes. then through a wall to the other room yeah. and back again. Yeah. There was one scene in particular with Thea that reminded me very much of the raid uh, in the hallway. Jim, you, mm, we're in the head. You're in my brain. You're in my brain. In your head again. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> there was such a like when she did a did a like a, a fall kick. Mm-hmm. There was a fall kick she did, and then a punch fall kick, a punch that she did, which had me thinking raid all over again. Like almost you have to you have to like your body is just like falling down, and you and you strike at the same time. Right. It is a it, it gives off that because fights are not supposed to be that long in real life, you know you get tired they're just not supposed to be that long and I like um, it's like boxing and everything MMA and all that you you kind of see them start to get tired and and how they punch and stuff so I, it it really was a good uh, well crafted uh, episode of the, of the fighting and whatnot yeah really like Ronda is. Rousey fights and at what last a callback. And it was a callback to an episode where I thought I had a question of why didn't that dude shoot Diggle? And I and they oh never yeah, I love how they close that loop here. Yeah, and yeah. they never mentioned him again. And I was like, well, what? It didn't make sense that the guy didn't do it. And then like, there's no reveal of anything. And you know what? Shut me up. This episode shut me up. There was it. a reason. Um, the uh, the are able to extract a tooth from one of the ghosts. But the DNA on the tooth has been degraded by this uh, special magic juice that they only make at one place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're always breaking into some place to steal their tech. You know? Right. Um, this place is called Wolfman Biologics, which yes. has got to be a shout out to Marv Wolfman, of course. You know it had to be. Thought. Had to have been. That was my thought. Um, while they're fighting uh, and trying to get out of the, um, the biologics place from some of Dark's ghosts, mm-hmm. uh, Diggle takes out a ghost and uh, his uh, mask comes off and just so happens, it's his brother. My brother. Alive, a well. Alive, well, and apparently evil. Yes. Yeah, and I like this actor. Do either of you watch Bones? No. I have, and I, I do, yeah, I do know. He's Dr. Edison on, on Bones. and yeah. He's been in a lot of things, too. Yeah, I like a lot him. of TV. Yeah. We, um, they get, they get back uh, to the Arrow Cave after the raid, and, uh, they, you know, him and Diggle go back and forth. He's like, he's your brother. 
he's you know, I don't know who he is. He's been you know he's been dead to me for all this you know, time. I don't know how to to me my brother is dead. You know he's not the man that I knew. You know? Yeah. Um. Gives uh to you know he gives, you know the that file that Dark had on Diggle. Um, they they go over that and. Uh, mm-hmm. The, you know he they they're they're at an impasse. You know, Arrow wants to go find him, and you know, it's been the opposite of every time Oliver has wanted to save somebody. It's right. the opposite of that. This is Diggle doesn't want to save him, and everybody else wants to. You know, and there were a few points in 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 the, the intense dialogue scenes with Diggle where he could have really overacted and really. Mm-hmm. You know, blown that performance, and he got it right to the edge, and just yeah. was delivered it so well. It was really well done. And oh, and another note: <laughs> that helmet still looks stupid. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Doesn't look any better at all. It looks just terrible. Yeah. Um, there's a gala for the police uh, department that Ollie has to attend as a mayoral candidate. And have a sp- his, like the shortest speech ever. Yeah, I'm like, are they gonna have him do like a little thing or whatever? But no, it was like, mm-hmm. like you know, 30 seconds. It's like, thank you to the police and goodbye. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and was, I would do that too with the shooting and stuff that go I, on in that city. There was this I nice scene Laurel with Diggle. Him. There was a nice scene here in this part though with Diggle and Laurel. Mm-hmm. Well, Laurel's like, you know, I know a little bit about dead siblings coming back from the grave, right? And she go and Diggle's like, this is different because he and she stops him and she's like. Part of a clandestine group of assassins and killers. I've seen this season before. You know? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Well, at the police uh, benefit, Dark approaches Oliver. Um, Oliver wants to revitalize the um, the, the waterfront area of, mm-hmm. of uh, Star City, but Dark is like, "Look, just let it go, let it die." And you know, if you uh, if you don't, you're not going to be running on a post anymore. Right. So, you know, basically Damien and Dark saying, hey, you know, back off this or else you and I are going to have troubles. Um, but now that um, Dark doesn't really trust Quentin, and, um, obviously this is an in to getting to Dark. Um, I, I kind of dislike that he immediately went to that place with Oliver like that because Dark just comes off like he's a smarter character than that, that maybe he'd come in and try to do it like Galavan style, a little more conniving and manipulative, and then when he realizes well, I, he won't make headway, get, I think get all threatening and stuff for right. him. But I think he's coming from a thing of, he thinks Oliver is crooked somehow. Because everybody else has had some some yeah, that's a good point. dark yeah, stuff in their, in their background, and this is the dude that's been partying for the last 15, 16 years, and then drops off the face of the earth and then comes back, and he's still the party guy for a little bit. So, but the thing that would throw me, though, is that if you looked at TV, everybody thought he was the arrow. Wouldn't you be a little suspicious? A little bit. That when he comes back, the arrow comes back? Like, when he left, the arrow left. And then when he comes back, the arrow's still here? All of a sudden reappears? If you're well, Damien no, Dark, this is the Green Arrow. Remember, and you're Damien Dark, <laughs> and you've been watching and doing your research. You kind of, you you plus you know who's at this police station. You know Oliver has been meeting with him. Like you, 
It's not hard to find go out. The way of the com- I forget if it's been this way in the, in the New 52, because I haven't really kept up with Green Arrow in the New 52 as I did before. But um, at, at some point, it comes out, Oliver's That's Green Arrow. That was, and, that was in the, yeah, that was pre-52. And I, I'm wondering if eventually they're going to go that way here, because, you know, he becomes the mayor, this whole, you know, we're going to d- do this in the light of day and everything. I think I'm wondering if this is leading up to him, you know, having his Tony Stark moment, I am Iron Man moment kind of thing. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the city is so bad now to the point where it just, I don't, I don't think anyone cares what happens to the city anymore. Mm. It's, it's like they're, the way they're portraying it, it's in worse straits than uh, Detroit is right now. Like the way they're portraying the city. Hey, and so. I'll tell you, being here at Ground Zero, Detroit's actually getting much better. <laughs> right, but I'm saying they're 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 doing the they're saying you know the Star City is just going it's getting worse and worse to the point where you, running unopposed. What city has a mayor run unopposed? None. I just wonder if people in Star City <laughs> exactly. drive as fast as they do in Detroit. Exactly none. So I but the, yeah, the the thing with the Damian Dark thing, it did. He's supposed to be so smart, but it really throws me that he has not put together that this is Oliver's his arrow. Right. I mean, I'll, if it were any other actor playing Dark, I don't know that I'd be buying a lot of of what's being put down here. But he he is so, he acts it so well because Oliver is just not that good at protecting his identity. He's no. just not. He's just Barry. If you think about it, yeah, Barry's not either. Um, Oliver's considering uh, aligning with Dark so he can take him down from the inside, but Felicity's like, whoa, pump the brakes on that, son. <laughs> Remember the last time you tried to break break up a thing from the inside? That was yeah. called League of Assassins. Didn't work out too well, did it? When Diggle just got back together. You want to do yeah, something? Yeah, you want to break up with your bro already? Jeez. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Felicity, for being the voice of reason and yeah. hot. They follow uh, up on the lead, uh, Diggle and Ollie, and uh, they, they find like an indoctrination of a bunch of more ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark makes him swallow a pill, which makes him totally uh, acquiesce to his will. Right. Which is kind of interesting if you think about it. Well, I'm also wondering if in that pill is that that uh, um, substance that also breaks down their DNA where it's unreadable. Probably. I don't know. Can, you know? Can... Um, the... the um, Arrow and Diggle make it out barely uh, just with their lives, and uh, makes Diggle even more mad. Yes. Um, Oliver wants to save Andy. Um, Ray Ray helps him by figuring out uh, what's going on in the with the ghost tooth. He realizes there's a high concentration of fluoride, and that leads him to the building uh, that suffered from an increased fluoride level. I guess somehow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the old, sure. Uh, psychiatric center. Naturally, uh, all he wants to do a rescue mission. Diggle protests. Um, Team Arrow kind of out, outvotes him. You know, um, they get to the they get to the nest of ghosts. Uh, Curtis uh, has these cameras he's worked out for them, so they can they can uh, scan under the masks. So they can finally find we got some tech. Yeah, yeah. You know, that comes from the actual company that they right. Part of. Curtis is going to be the new Cisco, I think. Yeah, most definitely. Seems like. Yep. Um, they fight um, a whole bunch of ghosts, and they scan their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray shows up mid-fight in his Adam suit and starts kicking butt as well. I was glad to see him. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. The suit it's didn't even look that bad. No, it didn't look too bad. Yeah. 
because of Diggle's bad helmet. <laughs> yeah, Diggle's bad helmet makes everything else look better by comparison. <laughs> it does. I'm like, oh, Adam's Adam's suit doesn't look too bad now. No, does it? no. Compared to Spartan's helmet, even makes Laurel look viable as a superhero now. Kind of does. It doesn't look that bad. Actually, I mean, I'm just joking there, but she actually, I thought this episode, it's like, wow, she really has, they've really improved. And obviously, most of those fight scenes is not her, the actress. It's it's probably a stunt double, but I don't know. The, the, and, of course, it could have to do with the direction of the episode. But, I mean, her action scenes, she just seemed to be more fluid in her movement and just more viable, more readable. It flowed better. Yeah. When they're in the group, because I like how some of them jumped, you know, like some of them flipped and did their thing and then she jumps and... Yeah. They seem to follow her. The camera followed her down and then it... Like, I kind of like how that was done. And that, yeah, that, that goes to the direction. Uh, the, like, the, I love... I like how the camera kind of pans and it's showing... Because if you're going to do this show... You got to have a director that can that loves to do the different right. camera angles. Well, and I think I could be wrong. I think this is Bamford's first time to be like main director of something. He's always been like second unit and stuff like that. So if I'm not sure if this is, but I think it's his first directorial, you know, chair debut there. And he, if, what what a job! What a job! Yeah, we um, they they capture Andy. In the hallway, um, we get the scene uh, real quick where Damien Dark confronts Thea in a hallway. Yeah, and then tries to pull the whammy on her, and it doesn't work on her. Interesting. But we find out later that it took away her bloodlust, and she yeah. tells Merlin about this and wants him to help her figure out a way to make that happen all the time. See, in my stupid mind, I was thinking, "Hey, you got a weapon. You need to find out what was in the." Uh... What was in that um, thing? You know, the thing that brought them all back. Lazarus pit. The Lazarus pit. Take a blood sample of what's. It got to be something in their blood from the pit. Yeah. Take that, yeah. and you can use that and make arrows and bullets and stuff. To. I'm just thinking crazy. I don't yeah. know. I, <laughs> I like. I the mean, thinking. It's the opposite of I'm gonna keep it a secret and go to my killer father and have him just. Uh, I don't know what they're going to work out, like how they're going to do this. Yeah, I don't either. Um, we uh, Andy gets taken back to the arrow cave and locked in the cage underneath. Um, Diggle ended up showing up to help them after all because he wanted to help his green brother. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> brother in green, <laughs> word. <laughs> uh, Diggle confronts his brother with the stuff that's in the folder, and his brother says it's all true. Mm-hmm. And sits down facing away from him and won't say anything else. Right. Which makes me think that maybe it's true, but also he may have been had his hand forced, and there's some secret that basically he had to sacrifice himself to protect his family or something and go down this dark path. Right. Now zero. Yeah great episode you know i could see oh i'm sorry i forgot about the and her date oh, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Another yeah, yeah. Rape the, the, the rape prevention video guy uh <laughs> so Sheesh. uh the the political manager and, and thea go out on a date thea of course is dealing with blood lust uh, from the lazarus pit and he goes off to the bathroom or to get them drinks or something as soon as he's gone 
like the rapiest dude ever rolls in. Out of nowhere. Hey, baby, how you doing? You all by yourself for 30 seconds? <laughs> She's like... And he was an old-looking dude, too. Like, yeah, yeah, had... twice her age. And yeah. Like, and she, like, when he, he literally said to her, I know when you say no, it means yes. Yeah. Like, who says that? Exactly. He almost whistled Rapey McRaper. Yeah, like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like it's like a sexual harassment training video. It's like, no. And this <laughs> is and this is in like an Applebee's. Like this right. is not like a seedy bar or something like this. Oh, no. This is a right. a restaurant. You could bring your kid in here probably. It's not that type of place. And this dude just Rapey McRaper. So, so you know, he gets uh, Thea like basically slams him into a cooler and almost <laughs> beats the life out of him. Right. Uh, Alex, of course, sees this and is kind of like, whoa, dude. <laughs> Yo, crazy girl. <laughs> you crazy. I, I, I know I shouldn't have put my in crazy. <laughs> 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 but Thea explains to him later that, you know, she, he just needs to be a little patient with her. That's what yeah. she says. <laughs> right. Or else I'll throw you through a cooler. Exactly. <laughs> After witnessing that, I'd be as patient as she wants. Now, usually, yes, usually when you're in a relationship with a woman, you only have to deal with that maybe one week out of the month. But you know, oh, be what it be. That sounds like something Chubb would say. Taylor. Come on, that sounds like something Chubb would say, dude. I totally channeled Chubb. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I already got one of those. What is this where I'm being the good one this week? Oh no, man. That's Maybe weird. I was recently threatened during that time. It just yeah. Maybe I need to balance it out and make some crude comment about Felicity. I don't know. Okay, so Arrow oh. this week, Brotherhood, what do you give it? it? I liked it. There's a character that I wonder could they throw into the show. Um he's called Gangbuster. I wonder if her, his brother if they if they redeem his brother. After the drugs wear off, could he play that character? Mm. Because he's somebody who worked with gangs and youth and stuff like that. He he basically, you know, he ran around suicide slum helping people. He was a bodyguard also. Yeah, that's true. So I wonder. He's non-powered and all that. But I wonder if, if they're... I don't know what they're doing with the brother. Like, the, the whole thing with the drugs and... I mean, it eventually going to wear off if he's that bad guy. I mean, is he going to actually be that bad guy, bad guy, or will they find out that there's something else to it? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering. Like, wait, that can't is that just it? Like, is he just gonna be? You can't keep him in the cage forever. I mean, they gotta do something. I mean, was he working undercover for for? Uh, for um, oh, Amanda Waller and nobody said anything, or that could be because how do you go from being that he's you know the good guy with the wife and and kid, and you find out he's been a <laughs> the warlord all this time? I mean, that just nobody you know. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason of why this happened. I mean, I, there's got to be more to it than that because it's just like it's just too. It's just too on the nose if you find out your brother's evil and there's nothing, you know, like it's just too evil. Like you just get a a, a, a file just telling you everything. Like it just feels like there's something missing. Like you find out maybe he was undercover for the for the CIA or something. There's got to be something more to this guy than that. 
Well, we will see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I gave this episode a, an A+. I mean, I thought that this is this was probably my favorite episode of Arrow so far this season. Really yeah, good. I'd give it a B, B plus. I, I, it was really good. The camera yeah. stuff was really good. They didn't... Did, even the island thing didn't annoy me. This <laughs> 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 has been a I, constant. You know, I th- that has annoyed me this whole season. And then, I, it, then when we had the Constantine payoff, I was like, okay, I can deal with it. But now that it's going again, I'm kind of like, there better be another really good payoff because... I'm I'm really getting bored with. The I'm ready to pull the plug stuff. on the island. Like, yeah, just, yeah, me too. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just gonna say one more thing is I'm wondering too is this whole thing with Thea and um, her father and and Dark. It, I wonder if that'll be another chance for them to bring Constantine back into the mix. Would be cool. You, you know that that's the solution. That's how they find the solution to getting the bloodlust out of Thea is through that. Maybe. Sweet. Or just trick her. I don't know. Maybe dress up somebody to look like they were Raza Ghoul and then fake kill him. Hmm. If her brain is supposed to turn off, if it's, if the thing is you're supposed to kill the person that killed you, just convince her that he's still alive. Like you, you have all this stuff. You're the head of the League of Assassins, right? Dress somebody up to look like Roz mm-hmm. and then have her kill him. Uh-huh. Is that crazy? I mean, am I coming out with something crazy or not? I mean, oh, it's all crazy? in your. I mean, I don't know. I don't know because you're talking about something that's somewhat mystical here. Can can you? But it's your brain, though. They, they kept implying that it's something. Oh, yeah. It's your brain that when you fulfill that task you it subsides and you to me that i mean i i i i like where you're going but to me that would kind of be the cheesy out well it is kind of cheesy in the first place well but i'm just saying is i don't know i I, i'd just rather have to have the bloodlust to have it even that the bloodlust only continues because you haven't killed the person that killed you that makes me think it's your brain it's not it's not just the, the the water it's not just the magical water you got to trick your brain. Okay, well, uh, those are the five shows this week. Let's take a dip into the news bucket real quick. Um, a few things floating okay. around in there. Uh, B.D. Wong is uh, Gotham's Hugo Strange, as we reported last week. And we have a cool uh, series of photos on the Facebook group called uh-huh. DCTV Podcast, oddly enough, where you can see him being transformed from B.D. Cool. Wong to... Uh, yeah, he did strange. it on his Instagram. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it does look really cool. We got a lot of rumors this week about Justice League Dark. A lot of rumors. Yes. Uh, including Colin Farrell or Ewan McGregor being up for the role of Constantine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be down with either one of those. Yeah. Uh, also, Ewan McGregor has been spoken of as positive. Maybe be uh, playing uh, Jason Blood, a.k.a. You know, Etrigan the Demon. Uh, Ron oh, Perlman cool. uh, has been rumored as possibly being Swamp Thing. Um, Monica Bellucci... As a Madame Xanadu, and then uh, uh, Zatanna is in the screenplay, but was not. There was no rumored casting of her. Like I said, these are all rumors, so you know, don't hold your breath if these don't happen right. or right. whatever. But I mean, that sounds like a great cast if, that, if any of that happens. If it happens, yeah. If it, yeah. If it happens. Um, next week we're gonna see Gem, son of Saturn, on Super. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Nope, wrong Gem. Oh, my bad. 
It's like two <laughs> M's. My bad. Sorry. Uh, Gene Colan's creation from, from DC Comics back in the, the 80s. Uh, also, Ben, Ma- going back to Justice League Dark News real quick, Ben Mendelsohn is being looked at to play uh, Anton Arcane mm. in the Justice League mm. Dark movie. And they were talking to three different directors right now. There's a short list of three directors. Um, the director of Big Bad Wolves, uh, Aaron Kishalis, um Nevar Papashado, Oh, and the guy who directed the Evil Dead uh, remake, uh, Fede Alvarez. They're all being eyed for uh, director, directing uh, Justice League Dark. So, yeah, and they're going uh, horror with this, huh? Yeah, which would be great. I think it's. Really I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, Melissa Benoist's uh, husband, uh, Blake Jenner, is going to be getting a recurring role on the Supergirl show. Mm-hmm. Potential oh. love interest. We uh, we got a trailer this week of the Flash. Um, Arrow crossover, yes. The Flaro, as yes. they call it, that'll oh. be December first. Oh, looks so good. Yeah, I can't wait. Lots of heroes. Lots of heroes. A yeah. lot. Uh, Colton Haynes is rumored to be returning to Arrow for season season four. Yeah, yeah. which would be awesome. And then we got a bunch of stuff about the Wonder Woman movie this week. In addition to the first photo from the set of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, uh, we also got. Um, uh, as we mentioned last week, the picture of Chris Pine uh, as Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. Uh, also being announced, casting news now, official, uh, Robin Wright, David Thewlis, Danny Houston, and uh, Elena Anaya have all been cast as well for the Wonder Woman movie. Now, I could totally see Robin Wright playing Hippolyta, Wonder Woman's yeah. mom. I could totally, see it. Totally see that. Um Danny Houston's kind of probably best known to comic viewers as uh, Colonel Stryker in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. David Thewlis, of course, has been in a ton of movies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman's full speed ahead, I guess, which is awesome. I'm glad they're finally you know, going on with that. I'm ready. Yeah, no doubt. It's about time we oh, had a female-led, sure. female-led superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm totally ready for it. But uh, that's... That and the um, the rearranging of uh, we already mentioned, you know, Supergirl got rearranged because what happened in uh, because of what happened in France, right? Uh, last week, oh, there was a rumor this week that the um, the Flash in the Flash movie might be gay or or bisexual. I don't think they're even going to get into the that. I, that's what makes me think the rumor is just a rumor because they none yeah. of these superhero movies do they even get into relationships too much. I just you know what if it makes. I don't see how it makes it a better character. If it, you know, if it's a, right. I don't, you know, if it's a good movie and the Flash happens to be gay, a gay character in that movie, then I, I will, you know, I'm cool. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. But if they're just uh, doing it to be like, hey, look how PC we are. Look how, you know, we're part of the PC fraternity too. Look, you know, um, then I don't I even see like that even coming up in a Flash movie. I don't even see that even coming up in yeah. conversation. Just, you know, and and I get to trying to have something for everyone, but you know, we're in a it's a creative industry so you know you don't necessarily need to take characters and gender bend them or racially bend them or, or sexually bend them um no pun intended um you know create new characters that fit those types what you know, you know I don't see, you, okay. bottom line for me is it a good flash movie or not right you know, yeah, gay bi black hispanic asian blue um, you know, Maori, whatever. You know, is it a good Flash movie? Great. 
That's all I care about. You know, I, I just don't see Warner Brothers even even like they they're trying to sell this stuff. You know, toys, characters, all this kind of stuff. They're trying to sell it. I don't see them digging in. I don't need. I don't see them even dealing with this in in this type of character because you're trying to. You know, like this is this is such a superhero type of character. I could see them doing something like this with Justice League Dark. I could see them, you know, like something like Suicide Squad. I could see them playing with this because it's it's a like Harley Quinn or whatever. You know, doing something, being being uh, being by or something like that because you know it's it's darker. Meaning that they can do. They're not worried about offending anybody. They're getting into sexual. T- undertones with these characters and that flash or superman or batman i just don't see them even with batman with nolan realistic batman how long did it take him to, to hook up with a woman he didn't even hook up with a woman till right the third of a trilogy well because and my they, thing yeah the sex of i mean they, they don't really do none of the superhero movies really get into the sexual uh relationships of the superheroes really you know, either they, they pine for someone or they're in a relationship or they, you know, but you don't really get into. Or they can't the, be in a relationship. Because right. They or you are, can't you be know. in a relationship, but they really don't get into that. And none of them. I mean, they, they really don't really get in. There's always something to keep it from ever happening. I mean, even you look at Hulk and Black Widow, they, they bring that up and then to never deal with it again. They, they would just leave it that they won't be able to get together. So right. I just don't think that they would add. It's not a complication. Being gay is not a complication, but I don't even think that they would add something where they would have to. They would just throw it out there if they're not. It's a complication because of what they'd have to deal with with the public, with a certain sector of the public. That and the point of you, you can't just throw it out there that he he's by and then never deal with it again. Right. The only well, and I'm I'm with Jim on you know just give me a good movie, give me a good story, but. And I'm not going to say that I, I don't think he's going to be good because I've been wrong about certain actors picked for certain characters before. But um, this guy just doesn't look like Barry Allen or the, he just doesn't have the right look to me, you know, but we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know. I can say I mean, I, I thought that about other things and then I was wrong. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Like I can't. Yeah. I mean, I learned my lesson with Michael Keaton and Batman, you know, just and with Heath Ledger and the Joker, you know, just reserve your judgment because you never know how you see them do play the character. But at the same time, this guy just I'm just kind of like, man. And I think the rumors come came out of more because he I think he is gay in real life. The actor actor that's going to play. And I think that that's what made them come out with this. Uh, it, it's more of a they're saying it has to be that this is what they're going to do with the character because the actor's gay. But there's many actors who are gay who play characters where they played straight characters. Oh, no, look at you know, Zachary Quinto. You know, look at a whole line of things. Yeah, a whole there's, bunch. A, there's a whole bunch of things that you you never know the what you know you don't know the sexual. Uh, what's his name that plays actor. plays the penguin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I I, I don't know I. I'd, it'd have to be something else from uh, the actor would have to mention that for me to, yeah, to believe that that's the case. Okay. Well, that's about wraps up the DC TV podcast for this week. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. If you uh, like 
geeky podcast about television and other things of uh, geeky nature and I think you do because you've been listening to this one for quite a while now. By all means, go to hhwlod.com. We have the uh, Walking Dead TV podcast over there covering the Walking Dead TV show, oddly enough. Uh, we got the Black Box podcast over there. Got uh, It's all connected. All kinds of great uh, um, geeky goodness over there at hhwlod.com. And uh, if you uh, exhaust all those possibilities, um, TM, then head over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts, where I want to single out uh, Nothing's On, which is the show Daryl and I are on with <clears throat> professional comedian Donnie no, Salvo. Yeah, that guy with the lawyers yeah, and all. Mr. Diva, as we call him. Yeah. Um, I just want to say we're, we're doing our 200th episode over there. Um, and Congratulations, guys. Thanks. And we wanted to know if you guys could send us some emails or or um, thoughts or whatever. Just you know, send send them over to nothing's on podcast at gmail.com. because uh, we're going to be recording that episode eventually here, yes. whenever Donnie can get out of all of his many legal entanglements. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely wanted to mention that. But there are a ton of other podcasts over there. Telenetworkpodcast dot com. There's yeah, I said it. There's no apologies. Uh, comic rack snark fest. Uh, arts and crap, so many, so many. Uh, um, Wade's World, um, Rants and Raves with uh, Renee and the Pamp. Uh, so many, so many podcasts over there. And uh, TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. Definitely check those out as well. And until next week, when we come back to you with another slate of DCTV, uh, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me. We are Ghost. Good night. Good night. <laughs>